Hey, what's going on? It's Anthony Dean, and you're listening to Change the Game for Saturday, March 21st, 2020. What's going on, guys? How are you guys doing? Uh, Are you guys staying inside? It's uh, definitely been a wild last week or two, Uh, really month, but... Man, this is just a crazy time in history. A lot of people are being forced to stay home. Schools are shut down. Businesses are shut down because of the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, as it's also known. Just an unbelievable time. You know, I don't even have work anymore either. I had the last month up until this all went down. I was really busy getting a lot of hours. It was a good sign and then all of a sudden now this goes down and everything gets shut down eventually so i mean just really ridiculous what is going on in the world there's no sports how can we live without sports it's become very very hard to process living in a reality where there's no sports no ncaa tournament today was supposed to be the first day of the round of 32 of the men's NCAA tournament. Both the men's and women's tournaments were canceled. Obviously, the NBA season was postponed after Rudy Gobert was found to test positive for the coronavirus. And a bunch more NBA players, including Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, and Marcus Smart, and two unnamed Lakers have come out testing positive for the virus. I mean, this is just unprecedented right now as of now the habib ferguson fight is still on for april 19th or april 18th excuse me they're still trying to find a venue for it uh, because heck vegas is shut down now Uh, the other night it was a couple nights ago they had to turn off all of the games everything in vegas so vegas is literally shut down and obviously that's you know the last episode we had here i was in vegas that's unbelievable what has happened since then the world has been in uproars this is a pandemic unbelievable what is going on right now in the world this is this isn't just american history this is world history happening right now i mean just unbelievable no sports you know there's still wrestling going on shout out to wwe and aew for both putting on shows over the last few weeks no crowds in there, but it's something to watch. WrestleMania will be a two-night event, and it's not going to be in front of fans. I guess they're doing multiple arenas. Interested to see what happens there, but man, it's just a different world we're living in. Of course, now we have to stay home. Uh, for some people, this is unbelievable. For some people, it's horrible. Uh, I know for me, I've been working really hard on updating my website, Change the Game. We have a website www.seethegame.com check it out that's www the letter c and then the game.com see the game change the game check that out right now got all the episodes up there we've got a lot more content coming for this website i've got articles that i've already written uh they're in the process of getting up on there And then the main attraction, I would think, of what's to come on the website would be the videos. Now, I used to make videos, 
three, four years ago, I always used to make mixes and I would try to upload them on YouTube and then they would get taken down for copyright because of the music I would put. But essentially what I do is usually, and it's usually sports related, take athletes, take a highlight clip, you know, different highlights of of a specific athlete and put a song behind it and mash up a video on it. Trust me, it takes a long time to make these because me personally, I could put something half-assed out there real quick, you know, a couple hours, be done, but I'm too picky for that. I have to have the video perfect, so I really feel like I make great content. I've already had a bunch of videos made, and then I've edited them recently, a bunch of the older ones, made sure they all lined up and everything, so I've got a bunch of videos already ready to put on the website. we got a Clay Thompson one, Kobe, Muhammad Ali, And then I've got more coming up. Like right now, I'm working on uh, my Jamal Crawford mix because it was his birthday the other day. Shout out Jamal Crossover, one of the nastiest crossovers in the history of the game. But listen, I'm working hard on that, uh, bringing content for you guys. And so today's episode, you know, they tell us to stay inside. So going off that theme of, you know, we should be staying inside, um, you know, you could go outside to do essential things, get gas or food, whatnot. But, you know, no clubs, no bars, none of that's open except in Florida. I guess they haven't closed the beaches yet, probably because they want the spring break rush. They don't want to lose out on all the money that they were going to get. So I get that. But, I mean, me personally, I've ran the last two days. Now I've gotten a two to three mile run in the last couple days. That's what I want to do every day. Uh, There was a point in my life where I was running every day, and that's when I felt like I was in the best shape. So that's what I'm trying to get is back into shape, uh, the shape that I want to be in. And to do that, I have to run every day. Uh, Running is one of the best exercises, in my opinion. There's honestly nothing better. Um, Being a huge fan of the fight game is why I've been into running because not only the Rocky movies, of course, the, the Rocky, uh, the running scenes, of course, the training montages, and then they end with them running. But if you look at the great fighters, they all run. They all run a lot. Like all those great fighters, they do a lot of just running. And so that's what I've been doing the last couple of days. It's been cool to see people out there walking their dog, just walking or running or riding their bike. I even saw somebody on rollerblades and pretty much everybody waves at me acknowledges me everybody's really nice it's it's like people are very appreciative that they're able to even go outside and you know get some exercise in so i would definitely suggest even if you're just staying inside get some exercise in. don't just sit around the house all day um i know that's going to be impossible for a gamer you tell a gamer to stay inside it's like all right let's get it what game we playing today or what games are we playing today if you want to play multiple in a day uh, so gamers are having no problem right now. They're probably living heaven on earth at this point, being able to just sit home and play video games. A shout out to the gamers out there. You know, I love video games, but I wouldn't consider myself a gamer because I don't play video games enough to be a gamer. But this episode is going to be all about movies. Again, staying on the theme of staying inside, I'm going to go over my top 20 favorite movies of all time from 20 all the way up to number one again this is not the right list this is just my list again of course it is though it's called my favorite 20 favorite movies of all time there are going to be multiple films from multiple different series in this list originally i had planned 
maybe just limiting it to one movie per series. So only one Star Wars movie, one Rocky movie, etc. But I decided against that because this is my list. This is my 20 favorite movies. If I did that, then the list wouldn't be my 20 favorite movies. So doesn't matter. It could be all the movies in this list could be from three franchises. If well, yeah, I guess if if I put every Star Wars movie in, that's more than half of them. <laughs> but don't worry, that's not what's going to happen. But there are going to be multiple films from multiple series. Again, this is my top 20 favorite movies of all time. I'm going to give you some great suggestions for movies. And a bunch of these movies you've probably heard of or already seen in the past. But again, you may not have seen some of these movies. I'm sure there's at least one movie on this list that you haven't seen. Um, especially if you didn't listen to my top 10 movies of the decade if you listen to that list then maybe the one that i'm thinking you haven't seen you might have went out and seen after i told you to watch that movie but other than that let's get right into it we're going to start off at number 20 and coming in at number 20 is going to be creed i love this movie creed from 2015 american sports drama it's boxing movie it follows the story of adonis creed the son of the late Apollo Creed and his rise uh, to fame and trying to find his place in the world. And this movie just does a great job of drawing you into the character of Adonis Creed. It's really like the modern day telling of the original Rocky film. Many differences, of course, between Creed and Rocky, but a lot of the themes are still there and you really root for the main character, Adonis Creed. And, of course, Rocky Balboa, played by Sylvester Stallone, who absolutely murdered it in this role. I think this may have been his best job acting in his entire career. Obviously, he got robbed in the Oscars that year. I will never forgive the Oscars for not giving my man Sly his award that he earned. But, again, Creed is just an absolutely fantastic movie adonis creed is one of my favorite movie characters i think like like i said i've just been such a big rocky fan my whole life my dad groomed me to be a rocky fan he loved the movies so when they announced creed i was excited i know a lot of people were skeptical of them having a spin-off per se but i was always excited and i think it destroyed my expectations i mean i had decent expectations but i didn't expect it to be as good as it was and it is great. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. It comes in at number 20 on the list. But coming in at number 19 is Kill Bill Volume 1. Quentin Tarantino's American martial arts film. Again, Tarantino writes and directs this one. It stars Uma Thurman as the bride who swears revenge on a team of assassins. And of course their leader, Bill, after they try to kill her and her unborn child and this movie is just absolutely fantastic i remember i talked about my favorite movie from every year i've been alive i obviously talked about this one and the sequel i love both of these movies so much i like the first one slightly better but awesome awesome action in here and again quentin tarantino is one of the best directors of all time i love his movies there's three of his movies on this list this is just the first one and there could have been more that could have made the list, if I'm being honest. I mean, heck, Kill Bill Volume 2 doesn't make the list, but very close. Again, 
this movie just has all the action you could ever want. I watched this movie very soon after it came out on DVD. Probably not the best movie for a kid my age at the time to be watching that, but hey, I loved it at the time, and I love it even more today. But coming in at number 18 on the list is Rocky, the original Rocky film, the start of the franchise. Again, this is going to be the second Rocky movie on this list. There are two more, I will say, that'll come up later on the list. But the original Rocky movie, you can't go wrong with this one. This is an absolute classic. If you haven't seen the original Rocky, I don't really know what you're doing. I mean, you're tweaking, to be honest, because this is just... Like, this is the classic sports movie. This is one of the greatest boxing and sports movies of all time. Many people consider it the best. Now, I don't even think it's the best Rocky movie personally, but it's definitely up there. For me, it's the third best Rocky movie. I know that some people will say it's so disrespectful. But again, I'm just a little bit of a fan of two of the other sequels. Just a little more. But I love this movie classic underdog story you get behind the story of rocky balboa who's uneducated but he's kind-hearted and he's just a working class italian american boxer who's working for a loan shark in philly Uh, he's a small-time club fighter and then all of a sudden he gets the chance of a lifetime to fight apollo creed for the heavyweight championship of the world and Listen, like you just can't say enough about this movie. The original training montage gets me going every time. And then, of course, the fight, which is awesome. I know people people love to point flaws in the Rocky film fights. They love to, to nitpick at them. But, I mean, I just think you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. Just sit back and watch a great movie and great fight scene in a movie. I love the Rocky fights, especially one through four. All those boxing scenes are epic to me, and it just it, it does it for me. I know a lot of people like think Raging Bull is way better than Rocky, and I think that's a joke. I'm just not a huge fan of Ra- I know it's a great movie. Trust me. I've seen Raging Bull, and I can tell you that it's, it's a great movie. Raging Bull is an absolutely fantastic movie, but that's just not one of my favorite movies. I wouldn't even consider it close to the original Rocky or really most of the sequels. That's just me, though. I'm a huge Rocky fan, so I'll admit right now, I am not unbiased at all. I am super biased when it comes to Rocky. So, you know, take it as you may, but the original Rocky is a fantastic movie, and if you haven't seen the original, I would definitely suggest, I mean, even though I think that two of the sequels are better than the original, I think if you're only going to watch one of them, you have to watch the first Rocky. I mean, that's one of the movies that, like, you just have to watch. You can't go your whole life and not see the original Rocky. I'm sorry. You just can't. And then I would say the same goes for the next three sequels, at least, but that's just me. But coming in at number 17 is Spider-Man. Spider-Man from 2002. Yes, the 2002 Spider-Man movie. Directed by Sam Raimi and starring Tobey Maguire. Listen, I know that this movie has been dated a little bit. The effects aren't as good, I guess. But this this could be a little bit of nostalgia. But let's be honest, we're talking about this has changed the game, right? You're talking about one of the movies that really did change the game. This movie is one of the most important movies in cinematic history. Without this Spider-Man movie, and I know X-Men started the whole comic book movie renaissance but this movie is why the avengers could ever happen like 
without this movie, the Avengers don't happen. None, nobody ever in their right mind would ever feel like that movie could have happened without Spider-Man. 2002 Spider-Man is absolutely fantastic. Uh, one of my favorite villains in movie history with Willem Dafoe playing the Green Goblin who, I mean, being a comic book nerd, I love the Green Goblin. The Green Goblin and Mysterio are my two favorite Spider-Man villains and the Green Goblin is number one. I mean, this movie is a big part of it. I grew up watching this movie. I was a kid. I was the target audience for this movie when it came out in 2002, and I loved it. I had a Spider-Man costume, and I wore it all the time. I had toys. I had everything, like most kids who were obsessed with Spider-Man at that point, and pretty much every kid around my age was obsessed with Spider-Man at a point in time, and that would be when this movie came out, and then when the sequel, Spider-Man 2, came out, and listen, I know everybody loves Spider-Man 2 more than this Spider-Man, the original one, I understand that maybe from a cinematic perspective, the second one is probably superior, but this is my favorite movies, I'm not looking at cinematic and all this, I'm telling you what my favorite movies are, and I prefer this one to the original, that's just me, maybe it's because the Green Goblin's the main villain, that's definitely part of it, but there's just something about, you know, when he gets bit by the spider and he's he's first crawling up the wall. And, like, there's just so many iconic moments. And, of course, the final battle when he is just getting the living hell kicked out of him by the Green Goblin. That Spider-Man just getting beaten to a pulp. But he ends up triumphing and, obviously, Green Goblin dies. What a great movie, though. Can't say enough about this one. Always going to have a soft spot in my heart for the original Spider-Man movie from 2002. But coming in at number 16 is Wedding Crashers, the 2005 comedy movie starring Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. Uh, Christopher Walken is also in here. Bradley Cooper is in there. Just a great, great cast. And this follows the tales of two men who, as the title says, they're wedding crashers. They go around to different weddings, act like they're a part of the ceremony, like they're distant relatives, something like that, distant cousins. And then they go and they try to hook up with as many women as possible or just hook up with a girl. That's what they're doing. So they go to these different weddings and then they go to this huge wedding for the U.S. Secretary of State's daughter. And they end up uh, Jeremy, who's Vince Vaughn's character, ends up going with this girl, Gloria, and she becomes attached to him. And meanwhile, John, who's played by Owen Wilson, meets this girl, Claire, who he really likes. And then so he's really trying to keep them with this group as long as possible because he's trying to get with Claire. But of course, Claire has a fiance who's played by bradley cooper and boy does he do a great job shout out to my man bradley you had owen wilson vince vaughn and bradley cooper but you know who else stole the show in this movie when everything goes to crap for john after you know i'm not gonna get full into the plot but when he goes to his lowest point and he links up with will ferrell's character that is comedy gold at its fine will ferrell is one of the funniest people ever and he is just absolute at the top of his game in this movie. Ma, the meatloaf! Just absolutely hilarious stuff by Will Ferrell in this movie. And just, this is a hilarious movie. It's only 119 minutes total, so it's, it's not a long movie. Almost doesn't even hit two hours. But it's a 
definitely worth the ride if you want to watch this. If you never watched this movie, listen, you're looking for something to do during this quarantine. This might be the one movie on the list that's like the real one-off. And there are a couple others, but at least for just a one-off movie to get some laughs in, Wedding Crashers is a great movie because... You know, for me, it would be common knowledge that everybody around my age would have seen it, but this did come out in 2005, so I know that there are people my age and older who never even saw this movie. If you're really looking for a comedy, go check this one out. I mean, it is a rated R movie, though, so obviously it's going to be very adult-themed, but it's very funny. Definitely check it out if you want to watch a comedy like that. Can't go wrong with this one. But that one comes in at number... 16 what comes in at 15 you might ask that's going to be the original toy story one of my favorite movies of all time is the original toy story you can't go wrong with this one 1995 toy story again we're talking about change the game this is another movie that absolutely changed the game everything was over with because pixar was now on the scene and they were about to take some you know, if we're, we're talking like music perspective, they're about to get a bunch of platinum hits. Uh, if this was albums, Toy Story, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., Bugs Life, hit after hit after hit, Pixar started delivering. But this was the first of all those hits that they would eventually bring out. And listen, Buzz Lightyear, Woody the Sheriff, voiced, of course, by Tim Allen and Tom Hanks, respectively, they both the the chemistry that those two have together is just off the charts it gets better as the movies go on maybe not better but it's just you can feel their chemistry in every movie they always do a fantastic job of building that up and you really buy that these two hate each other at first and then they end up becoming friends and it's just such a great story about a new the new guy on the block and then the old top dog who wants to keep his place and it's just i mean there's just not much i can say else about toy story except if you haven't seen the original toy story i really don't know what you've been doing with your life not to have seen the original toy story i mean this is a movie that i feel like almost everybody has seen but again another great movie to check out during this little quarantine that we got going on so i I mean you can't go wrong with watching heck just watch all four toy stories if you want but toy story is easily 15 on this list but coming in at number 14 is logan the 2017 superhero film starring of course hugh jackman as the title character wolverine with his name obviously being logan now this film takes heavy inspiration from the graphic novel old man logan uh, written by mark miller and steve mcniven and it's based on an alternate bleak future and it follows the aged Wolverine and an extremely ill Charles Xavier. And they're defending this young mutant named Laura from these villainous Reavers, which are led by Donald Pierce and Xander Rice. And this movie just does such a great job of showing two men. And I'm talking about Charles Xavier and Logan, of course. Two men who are just hardened by years and years of all this stuff that has happened throughout all these different X-Men movies. And now they are both at the end of their line. And it's just such a great character study of two guys who have seen a lot. They're scarred. And now it's up to, you know, Wolverine, Logan to protect 
Laura, who's basically his daughter. And he does a great job. Hugh Jackman, of course, does a great job playing Wolverine. Uh, There's never been a better Wolverine on screen. I heard that the MCU might be casting Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, and I have zero problem with that. He's the best Wolverine on screen. I remember they had a video of him, like, recording one of those scenes and him screaming. It was just so crazy, like, how into it he was. It's like, that's why he is Wolverine. He's the Wolverine. Hugh Jackman is the Wolverine, and this is the movie where, for me, it got solidified. This is one of the greatest movies ever made. Superhero movie-wise, this is easily top 10 superhero film. It's probably top 5. It might not even be in the... Honestly, it might be number 1. Like, when you really think about it, like, best superhero movie, if we're just saying best, and if we don't include The Dark Knight in that category, if you include The Dark Knight, then it's harder to say that, but... Man, Logan is just such a fantastic movie. Again, this is not a movie that you should show to little kids. That's for sure. It's rated R, and it earns its rated R rating. But, man, they do a great job in this one. And, again, I love this movie. I have it on Blu-ray and digital. So, big fan of this one. Could pop it in any time. If you've never seen this movie, honestly, even if you haven't seen any of the X-Men movies, this is the one I would say if you just want to watch one X-Men movie, it's got to be this one. Regardless of if you've seen anything, you're still going to appreciate this movie. And it's... It's the best one. It's the best X-Men movie. By far. Not even close. You know, X2 is cool. And Days of Future Past is pretty awesome as well. But this movie is just on its own. And the two Deadpool movies are really good too. But none of them compare to this one. This one is just stands on its own. That's why it comes in at number 14 on the list. But coming in at number 13 is going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And here, quick side note. If you did listen to a podcast from a while ago my top 10 movies of the decade this movie was higher up on the list than it is here and what i mean by that is that there are a couple movies that i had below it in the top 10 movies of the decade but this is my favorite so a little different between favorite and best and this is the case where i thought about this list making it and once upon a time in hollywood I love this movie so much. I'm not trying to like hate on it or anything, but the two movies that I put above it that were also on that list, and I I can go right at Warrior and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I just enjoyed them more. I will talk about those movies later, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is an absolutely fantastic movie. 2019, it's a comedy drama film written and directed by the great Quentin Tarantino. The second Tarantino movie on this list, and the next movie is the third and final one, for this list at least man i just can't say enough about what leonardo dicaprio did it might be the best performance of his career he really makes you buy that he's this alcoholic but great actor well not great once great actor and now past his prime of course dealing with the effects of alcoholism and everything like that of course then you got his stunt double played by brad pitt cliff booth and he does a great job as well. It's like they said they gave Brad Pitt the Oscar for playing Brad Pitt. I guess that's true, but Brad Pitt deserved that Oscar. I don't care what anybody says. Brad Pitt was awesome in this movie. I love this movie so much. I talked about it again. I've talked about it a couple times on podcasts already. There's not much more I can say, but again, 
the last scene, it makes the whole movie worth it. Even if you don't like the entire movie, I know you'll love the last scene. I mean, that's just awesome, especially when, when Leo pulls out the, the flamethrower. I was just like, oh, my God. They really are going all out for this one. So, you know, they just did a great job with this movie. Again, it's another movie that I just, I really love this movie. Like, every movie on this list, I love. I love all 20 of these movies. That's why I made this list. This is a fun list to me. I feel like it's the perfect time to do it. And, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood gets an A from me. But coming in at number 12 is Pulp Fiction. This might be disrespectful to some people. I know some people will say, oh, that's that's disrespectful. You're not even going to Pulp Fiction in the top 10. Hey, I love Pulp Fiction. It's one of the best movies of all time. If we're talking about best movie of all time, this might be number one. It's right up there with, you know, movies like The Dark Knight and a bunch of other great movies. But it's not in my top 10. I'm sorry. This is my 20 favorite movies, and I love Pulp Fiction. But there are just other movies that I like more than it. And I know, again, people are going to be, I know people will be mad hearing that just because it's like, well, this is the greatest movie of all time. How's it not in your top 10? Because a lot of people consider this to be the best movie of all time. And I don't know, I don't really want to hate on Pulp Fiction or anything. It's just not in the top 10. It mean, the, the cast is unbelievable though. And again, Quentin Tarantino, this is his, this is his, you know, gold star, his best movie, I would say. There are three Tarantino movies on this list, and this is my favorite Tarantino movie. I mean, you can't really say any other Tarantino movie is your favorite. I mean, you can, but like that might be a little disrespectful, to be honest. In my opinion, just because Pulp Fiction is so important that how could it not be your favorite? And I love the fact that it's told out of chronological order. Like it's it's honestly pretty confusing. I remember watching it as a young kid. I was so confused when I was young and I watched this movie. I had no idea. I didn't understand. I think I figured it out eventually that it was out of chronological order, but that really threw me off as a kid. But I love it, especially now watching it. I think it's great that they do it out of chronological order. I think it makes the movie better than it would have been had they just done a straightforward story. It just makes it so unique. And that's the thing. Of course, John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson tear the house down as the leads. Bruce Willis, Tim Roth, Ving Rams, and Uma Thurman. I mean, you've got a star-studded cast in here. But, of course, Travolta and Sam Jackson are the main stars of the show. And they do a great job in this movie. There's not really anything bad I can say about Pulp Fiction, to be honest. It's, like, hard to justify, you know, having a movie lower than another one when you love them both. It's just I love... Th- this next one slightly more and that leads right into my number 11 movie on this list and that is warrior the 2011 america sports drama film this movie is unbelievable again this is one of the two movies that i actually had a little lower than once upon a time in hollywood but the more and more i thought about this movie and watching it again because i've watched it a couple more times actually since the last time i did that podcast and I really thought that Warrior just it keeps getting better to me. I've seen it probably like five or six times total since 2011. Really, I, I didn't see it in 2011. I didn't see this movie till uh, 2018, 2019, like basically last year. And it just gets better and better every time I watch it. Tom Hardy, Joel Edgerton do an absolutely phenomenal job as the brothers. Then Nick Nolte was fantastic as the father. Three characters 
that you're rooting for all of them. You root for every single one of these characters. And that's, again, great movies do that. They give you multiple characters who might be pitted against each other, but you're kind of rooting for both of them. Like, you're not rooting against Tommy, Tommy Reardon. And you're not you're not rooting against the father. You're not rooting against Patty Conlon. And, of course, you're not rooting against Brendan either. All three of these guys give you stories that like you can get behind and you root for you don't want patty to drink again you you're happy for him that he's he's recovering he's not drinking anymore even though you don't know anything about his past other than what the characters tell you you just feel for this guy of course tommy and brendan and then we get to the the fighting aspect of this movie and listen I love the Rocky movies, but I don't think there's any sports movie, sports, you know, just fighting scenes that top what they do in Warrior. I mean, these are just great, great, great fighting scenes. Uh, watching Tommy's experience through the tournament where he's just blasting everybody, one-hit KOs, just dusting people quick. While Brennan, you know, he's barely winning every fight. He's getting submissions. It's going the distance every time. Well, not going the distance, but it's going into the final round pretty much every fight he's in. And then you get the final confrontation with Tommy, and it's just an absolutely epic, epic fight. The ending just it puts chills down my spine. You know, I almost tear up a couple times, you know, and I've watched this movie, especially at the end. It's just such a great, great movie. They really draw you in. You care about every character involved. Like, I honestly, I feel like this movie might be the most underrated one on the list. Putting Warrior at 11 just shows how much I love my top 10. And when I tell you Warrior, like, missed out by a smidgen. Like, it was so close to being number 10. But just losing out, because coming in at number 10 is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the 2018 animated superhero film which features, of course, the Marvel Comics character Spider-Man, but not the regular Spider-Man. This is Miles Morales Spider-Man. Finally, we get Miles Morales on the big screen in animated form, and this movie just blew my mind when I saw it in the theaters. I I heard it was really good, and I was like, all right, let's see. But the fact that they basically put a comic book on the screen like just blew my mind, and it's my favorite Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. So, Listen, this is, there are no, there's only one MCU movie on this list, by the way, if you haven't even caught on, because I haven't said any MCU movies, there's only one on the list, and I love the MCU, but there's only one in my top 20 favorite movies, there's only three, like, Marvel movies in general, and this is the second of those third, the other one's an MCU movie, but Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse just, you can't say enough great things about this movie, in my opinion, I mean, just... Every character they do, they nail, especially Spider-Gwen. Spider-Gwen being in this movie was great. And then just the introducing us to the Spider-Verse and giving us this idea of what could become of this little Sony-verse that they have now called the Spider-Verse. Now we're like, well, if you can do that, why can't we have... Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland Spider-Man all in the same movie with all these characters as well. Why can't we do that? You know, like there are other Spider-Man that they didn't mention in this movie. So this movie is just absolutely unique and what they've set up for the future 
of Spider-Man and storytelling. Uh, just like introducing the multiverse, which they did in Spider-Man Far From Home as well, although it was kind of BS, it was Mysterio effing with everybody. But this movie just does a great job of really introducing us to the multiverse and really getting us thinking about what else could happen, what what else we could see from these superhero movies and really giving us an idea of how these animated superhero movies can be so dope especially if they keep doing this comic book theme and you got to keep keep it up with that i would say i can't wait for the sequel to this i think it comes out in 2021 if i'm not mistaken maybe 22 but boy oh boy is that gonna be the movie of the year in terms of anticipation for me at least but coming in at number nine is the wolf of wall street the 2013 biographical black comedy crime film which is directed by martin scorsese and then it's written by terrence winter and it's based on the memoir of jordan belfort the stockbroker in new york city and how his firm stratton oakmont engaged in just unbelievable corruption and fraud on wall street which eventually leads to his epic epic downfall but this movie stars leonardo dicaprio as jordan belfort and then Jonah Hill as his business partner and friend Donnie Azoff. And then, of course, you have Margaret Robbie playing his wife, Naomi. But Leo and Jonah Hill both are fantastic in their roles. This is definitely Jonah Hill's best performance of his career. No doubt about it. He had the fake teeth. He made him sound like he was from that era. And it's just unbelievable what Scorsese was able to do with this film. I take great joy in watching this movie. I have it on my like laptop. I have the digital copy of it. I don't have a Blu-ray or anything, but I did get the digital copy back in the day. I think it was on sale on iTunes or something, but I, I remember copying it real quickly. When I saw this movie, I just I fell in love. I think it broke the record or it came in second for most F-words in a movie. I think the only movie that beat it was the documentary about the F-word. So, like, that this movie is just absolutely crazy definitely don't recommend it for kids but as far as my favorite movies go it comes in at number nine on the list just losing out to my number eight slot and that is rocky 2 the third rocky film in this list and the second of course in the franchise rocky 2 the sequel to the original and listen, as much as I love the original, the second takes it up to another level. I know a lot of people have criticisms about this movie and that it gets very slow. And it does. It definitely does get slow. But Sylvester Stallone does a great job. Carl Weathers is brilliant as Apollo Creed. He really steals the show. Every scene that Carl Weathers is in playing Apollo Creed, he absolutely steals the show. Of course, you have Tony Burton, Burgess Meredith, Burt Young, and Talia Shire all reprising their original roles from the movie. And this movie just does a great job of, first of all, really making you like side with Apollo Creed a little bit. Watching this movie as I've gotten older, I've started to gain a new level of appreciation for the character of Apollo Creed. Because of where his, you look at where his mind is at, and it's from the from the opening jump, the first scene when they're in the hospital, and get out of that chair, Chop, we'll finish this fight right now. <laughs> I mean, I love that scene. That scene is great. Bell, nothing, man. I could beat that chump anywhere, anytime. <laughs> Does that mean there'll be a rematch? I said anywhere, anytime, man. Can you hear? <laughs> you 
Yo, Apollo, you said there weren't going to be no rematch. <laughs> Look, Chump, any place, any time. Uh, Apollo was hell-bent on facing Rocky in the rematch because his name was being slandered. He's reading the letters, and all these fans are giving him hate mail. They're giving his kids crap at school. Uh, Apollo Creed needs to fight Rocky again. Meanwhile, Rocky, he needs to fight because he needs to make money. He marries Adrian at the start of the movie. And again, like... The original Rocky movie is kind of a love story as well with Rocky and Adrian. It does a great job. And I think that's kind of why it slips down. Because, I mean, let's be honest. I'm a guy. I don't really want to see love stories as much. But they do a great job. And it's a great movie. But for me, this movie is just superior to the original. I think they've taken everything with the first. And they made it better. And then the fight scene at the end. I've seen people rip this fight scene to shreds. And it's just like, why? It's an unbelievably entertaining fight. I love this fight. It's maybe my favorite fight. Honestly, like the last 25 minutes of this movie might be the best 25 minutes of any movie ever. That's how great the end of this movie is. So, you know, Rocky finally agrees he's going to give Apollo his rematch. And by the way, another great scene from this movie is the press. Con- I love the press conference uh, announcing this fight. Again, like I said, Carl Weathers steals the show every time he's in a scene it's his scene he really does a great job in this role as apollo creed because in the first one he doesn't really get much screen time you don't really know much about apollo creed so you see more of his motives in this one you understand him more as a character and i think it makes it that much better and honestly like truth be told sometimes when i watch these movies i don't always root for rocky in the fight you know usually you root for rocky but like the last time i watched this movie i actually rooted for apollo creed so it's kind of upset you know at, at the end but but like i said getting back to the last like 25 minutes you know rocky's adrian doesn't want him to fight then adrian is she's pregnant she goes into the coma delivers the baby and rocky is sitting there depressed and then it's it's really dead at that point like it's it's I mean, I know it gets a little boring. It's not that long. I think people overstate. It is a while, though, where you're sitting there waiting. and then you have, But then you have the scene right in the middle of all this is going on where Rocky is at the chapel and Mickey comes in. And I don't think people talk about, don't talk about this scene enough. This is where I put my stamp in this as like, this is where I want to start watching Rocky 2. I know everybody says it's when Adrian wakes up from the coma, but rewind a couple minutes before that. Get to this scene where Mickey talks to Rocky and he just gives him this great, great speech, you know, getting him motivated, which obviously doesn't really have the motivation to do it right now because his wife is, you know, he's worried that his wife is going to die. So obviously Rocky's mind is not in it, but Mickey gives this epic speech. It's one of my favorite movie speeches ever. This guy just don't want to win, you know. He wants to bury you. He wants to humiliate you. He wants to prove to the whole world it was nothing but some kind of a, a freak the first time out. I just think that scene is epic. I love that scene. Gets me going every time. Then I could skip through the little part and just get to Adrian waking up from the coma. But either way, great scene. And then, of course, Adrian wakes up. And she she tells him she wants him to win. She said, there's one thing I want you to do for me. She tells him to win. The bell goes off for the going the distance song. And now it's busting. It's on. Rocky is in training mode. You know, the whole time, though, what's funny about this movie is like when they show Rocky is struggling with his training, his head's not in it. 
Apollo is over there just putting in work. So it's like, you know, in terms of realism, how realistic is it? Like if Apollo Creed, if this was real and he was training like that, like he was going to murder Rocky. Not literally, well, maybe literally the way he was training, he looked like he was ready to murder him. But in any case, Rocky is ready to train. You get the going the distance montage. And then, of course, you get the gonna fly now montage with him running around the city of Philadelphia. By far, my favorite running scene in Rocky. I know, where do those kids come from, though? He's running with a bunch of kids. It's pretty funny. I always loved it as a kid, you know, all those kids. I was always like, I wish it was me running with them. What you mean? He's running up the steps. He's all of a sudden he just dusts all the kids and goes right up the steps. And then all the kids coming around, they're all celebrating. You can't tell me that's not an awesome moment. He's jumping up and down with all those kids. Yeah, you could say, yeah, where'd the kids come from, which I just did, but still an awesome scene. Then you go to the fight. Heck, Rocky stops at the church to get a to get a little sermon before going to the fight, getting the blessing from from the pastor. That's a great scene too. And then of course you get to the fight. And like I said a little bit earlier, this fight is just absolutely epic. And this movie is just great. I love Rocky too. I you know, Rocky winning at the end is fantastic. You know, I know that it's it's cheesy that they both fall down. It's something that shouldn't work. The ending of this movie should not work. Where Rocky hits Apollo with that devastating left hook and they both fall down. Like that should not work. But of course, this is a movie and it does work and they build the suspense of both of them trying to get up and Rocky gets up just as the 10 count goes. Rocky's the new heavyweight champ. And then of course you have the, yo Adrian, I did it. And that's, you know, that's obviously one of the, it might be the most iconic line in the history of cinema. It's, it's definitely up there for sure. So Nothing but positive to say about Rocky 2. I could go on and on all day about that one. But coming in at number 7 is Toy Story 2. Another sequel. This time, the sequel to the original Toy Story. And listen, like Rocky 2, Toy Story 2 takes everything I love about the first movie and puts it even better. I loved Buzz Lightyear as a kid. Guess what? They had two Buzz Lightyears in this one. And that, like to me, that's why this movie will always be the best Toy Story. I think the second buzz is really what made it the best Toy Story movie. In my opinion, it's just how I see it. I think Toy Story 2 is the best and Toy Story 1 is the second best than 4 and 3. But really, it's between 1 and 2 for the best Toy Story, in my opinion. And 2 gets the edge because of the second Buzz Lightyear. The buzz with the belt. Because he's he thinks he's really Buzz Lightyear. And then, not only that, the beginning of the movie is just epic. Toy Story 3 and Toy Story 2 definitely have the best openings for Toy Story movies. I like Toy Story 2 is a little bit more buzzed, flying through Earth. Man, I was so young. I went to the theaters to see this. I was, what, almost four, three years old. I was three, almost four, but man, what a great movie this one was. I mean, Pixar went 96, they went Toy Story. 98, they went Bugs Life. And then 99, they went Toy Story 2. So three out of four years, they had bangers. Right off the bat, Pixar was coming through. And this was just another banger by Pixar. And again, two buzzes in this one. The iconic I Am Your Father line parodied in this one with Buzz and Zerg. You finally meet Zerg in this one. I mean, there's just... And then, of course, the new characters that were introduced with Jesse and Bullseye. And then Prospector, of course, who was a jerk. But he was cool, too, uh, as a villain. He was a good villain. But I, I just... And there's not much else I can say about this movie, just how great it is and 
how great of a job they did with this one. But that comes in at number seven. Because coming in at number six is Star Wars Episode V, The Empire Strikes Back, the first Star Wars movie to hit this list. And listen, boy, do I love me some Empire Strikes Back. This is the one where it's like, it's common place, common knowledge that Empire is the best Star Wars movie. That's the common knowledge among most Star Wars fans. And for good reason, people believe that. This movie took, again, three straight sequels, like direct sequels, like Rocky II, Toy Story 2, Empire Strikes Back. Sequels to Rocky, Toy Story, and A New Hope. Or, you know, it was known as Star Wars at the time. The original Star Wars. This is the sequel to the original Star Wars. And... Listen, they take everything you love about the first one, and again, they make it better. It's kind of clockwork, but this is where, you know, sometimes sequels just don't work. But when they do, it's because you take everything you loved about the original, but you turned it up a notch. Oh, you love the space battle? Let's give you some more. Let's give you an asteroid chase scene. Let's give you Boba Fett, who doesn't really get much screen time in here, but he's still a badass. He's awesome. Who doesn't love Boba Fett? I know I do. As little screen time as he gets, he's awesome. And he did, he's the one who caught Han Solo. He's the one who who was able to track them to Cloud City, he's the whole reason that the Empire was able to be ready for him when they were on Cloud City. So you got to give love to Boba Fett for that. But of course, this movie kind of, I think everything relies. Everybody loves this movie because of it's got something that no other movie can say. It has the single greatest plot twist in cinematic history. That's just a fact. You know, the, the final confrontation between Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. Oh, you know what? Speaking of new characters they introduced, what about Yoda? My man, Yoda. Yoda was in this movie. This is his first time on screen. And of course, Lando Calrissian as well. Just, of course, you have Luke, Leia, C-3PO, R2-D2, Han, Chewie. You know, the, the main cat, Darth Vader. You see the Emperor for the first time in holographic form. By the way, if you watch the original cut of Empire Strikes Back, the Emperor looks so funny in that one. He's got like... He's got, like, two eyes, but they're both, like, messed up. Like, one of them is just, like, this big black ball. It's it's such a... It's hard to describe how weird he looked. But a good thing that they've... For the Disney Plus copies and, you know, the Blu-rays and everything, they they updated it to the, the actual Emperor from the rest of the series. But, again, Luke leaves training Dagobah early with Yoda to save his friends. He gets a vision about his friends being in trouble. Obviously, Yoda and Ben Kenobi don't want him to do it, but he does anyway. Has the confrontation with Darth Vader. A great fight ensues. One of the better Star Wars fights for sure. Lightsaber duels ever. And then, of course, you get Darth Vader chops off Luke's hand. And then you get the, I am your father. And just, like, that moment alone, if you've never seen, like, Watching that scene for the first time, especially if you're like old enough to comprehend all that stuff, is just like it's like mind shattering that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. I mean, I was privileged enough to not know about this before I watched Empire for the first time, and I I don't have a vivid remember, but I just remember being like, whoa, like just absolutely shook that this was Luke's father was Darth Vader. But again, this movie is awesome i love empire strikes back it's really hard for me to nitpick empire but it only comes in at number six because coming in at number five is rocky three the final rocky movie on this list 
uh, final film from the Rocky series, I should say, on this list is my favorite Rocky movie, Rocky 3. I love Rocky 2. I have this argument with my mom a lot. She thinks Rocky 2 is the best. Uh, not a chance. Rocky 3, as great as Rocky 2 is, and I, I talked a lot about Rocky 2. But let me tell you, Rocky 3 is definitely the best Rocky film in the franchise. Like the second, you got everything from the first, and it got upped. Now you take everything you like from the first two, and they upped it tenfold because you still get Apollo Creed in this movie. You still get Rocky, you get Pauly, Adrian, Duke, you get all the awesome characters. Now you add Mr. T, Clubber Lang, played by Mr. T. Clubber Lang. Oh, and then not only that, you got Hulk Hogan in this movie. Hulk Hogan playing Thunderlips, Thunderlips, the ultimate male, and... Yeah, that is one thing about this movie, I would say. Like, it gets soured because of, like, you know, what we know about Hulk Hogan now. And my opinion of him has changed since I was a kid, of course. So, but seeing him as, like, just this heel is also great because he usually was the good guy in wrestling. So it was cool, other than when he was with NWO. But seeing Hulk Hogan as just this vicious heel, that was cool because it's kind of like mirrors his real life because he's a real life heel. But we won't get into that. Clubber Lang, though, awesome. Just awesome. And this movie starts off, of course, like all the Rocky movies, gives you the, the recap of the first or the last film's fight. And then you get into, you see Rocky's defending his title. He's defended it 10 times. And he's smashing folks. And he's he's rich. He's got an Italian stallion motorcycle. And he's got fancy watches. He's on the Muppet Show. All this stuff. Meanwhile, you got Clubber Lang out there just training and eating, and he's just hungry. And he's and you, Eye of the Tiger is playing during this, and Clubber Lang's got that Eye of the Tiger. He's trying. He's coming after Balboa. He's the number one ranked contender at this point. Rocky still hasn't fought him. He fights Thunderlips as a a charity match, and that that fight is super entertaining as well as Thunderlips just tries to murder him basically, and then Rocky gets. A few punches in, and then after the fight, you know, he's just like, yeah, that's the name of the game. <laughs> but, man, you start off with that. And then, of course, you have the statue ceremony where they, they, they unveil Rocky's statue. And then Clubber Lang, you know, Rocky's announcing his retirement. Clubber Lang comes through, and he just eats alive. He delivers a wrestling-style promo unlike anything we've seen in the Rocky films yet. And Apollo Creed had some great lines, especially in Rocky 2. But man, did Clubber Lang, Mr. T, he really, he puts in that work in this movie. I felt like, and I didn't realize how awesome Clubber Lang was till I got older. And I kind of realized where he was coming from more. Where he said, they don't want someone like me to be the champ. And he's saying all this and you're like, hold on, this guy, the character Clubber Lang is from the south side of Chicago. And he was in jail at one point as well. The only reason I say that is because... In the Rocky Legends video game, you started off, you chose Clubber Lang. You could play a little story mode. You could pick Rocky, Apollo, Clubber Lang, or Ivan Drago. And if you chose Clubber Lang, you started off fighting in a prison. So I don't know if that's like canon truth that he was in prison, but he could have been. He acted like the type that you could see in prison. But he comes in and just absolutely shatters his trophy presentation, tells Adrian if he, if she needs a she needs a real man so she should come over to his place 
<laughs> and that line is just hilarious. It's even funnier uh, when you get older and you, you fully realize what he's saying. You know, because when you're young, you, you know what he's saying, but you don't know what he's saying. Now you know, and it's just hilarious. And then, of course, Rocky fights Clubber Lang, and Clubber Lang shoves Mickey, and then, you know, Mickey is not in the fight. And, oh, man, that's just... You, know, you get the sad moment that... You didn't really get that sad moment in the first or second Rocky movie. You know, when Adrian goes in the coma, that's sad, but she lives. And you kind of assume that... Well, you don't really know, actually. I didn't know if she was going to survive when I first saw that movie. But this one was like, oh my god, like, Mickey died? Rocky gets smashed in the fight, and Clubber takes the title in two rounds. And then knocks him on the second round. And then, of course, Rocky goes backstage. Mickey dies. And I know some people laugh at Stallone's little uh, yell that he Like, he's yelling because he's sad. And, I mean, yeah, it is a little ridiculous. But some people do act like that, you know. Some people scream like that. So, I mean, it's it's totally realistic to feel like that would be his reaction, in my opinion. And, of course, you get the scene. And I love the scene after that where Rocky is just, you know, he's depressed you got the the song, which is actually called Mickey. I actually really like that song. I just like the the music that's played in the background. It's it's great melody, and it's just like super sad. He's walking around Philly, he's riding on his motorcycle, and then he looks at his statue, and you can just see the rage, and he throws his motorcycle helmet at the statue. Then he goes to Mick's gym. He's he's and then Apollo Creed shows up. Now it really gets busting. Apollo Creed trains Rocky. The training is going horribly at first. He's not into it. You know, he's, he's not at Paul. He's making racist <laughs> remarks left and right. And that that's where this movie is just like the king. When they go to they go to LA and they go to Apollo's, they go to with all the black people in the gym and everything. This is where the movie picks up to me. You've got Paulie just <laughs> boy, Paulie was acting a fool in this one. He was really showing his little racist side, but at the end of the day, they tolerate it, and I just love the fact that like Rocky wasn't into it. Then Adrian gives him this speech, and now he's motivating. He's training. Now he's like he's actually training to box. He comes out cleverly. He actually boxes him this time, and then of course he goes back to the old Rocky style of oh I'll, I'll take a bunch of big shots from him, and he'll get tired, and I'll knock him out. Knocks him out in the third round. Rocky's the champ again. Listen, this movie. As much as I love Rocky too. Rocky 3 is the best Rocky movie in this franchise. It's in my top five favorite movies of all time. Comes in at number five. And it's through no fault of its own. It's just these four are unbelievable movies as well. And coming in at number four is Jurassic Park. This one, it was very close for me to say. I thought about this maybe being my favorite movie of all time. But it's going to come in at number four. And I love Jurassic Park. I'm talking about the original Jurassic Park from 1993, this science fiction adventure film directed by the great Steven Spielberg, and it's based on the 1990 novel of the same name written by Michael Crichton, and this movie is an account of Mr. John Hammond, who's a wealthy businessman, he's created this vast park, shows up to Dr. Alan Grant and Dr. Ellie Sattler's little setup that they have trying to dig up dinosaur bones gets them to come on ian malcolm is there and of course hammond's lawyer donald gennaro is there as well to see this park and 
I mean, this movie is just epic. I mean, this this was made in 1993. And just saying that is still mind-blowing to me because, like, I'm thinking of the opening scene. Not the opening scene, but, like, the first dinosaur that you see when they show that Brachiosaurus and just how beautiful it looks. And the T-Rex and the Velociraptors, like, it all just looks so real. We don't really know what dinosaurs looked like. We don't actually know, but... I'd like to think that that's what a T-Rex looked like, and a, and a Brachiosaurus and a Velociraptor uh, would would be all right with me if that's how they looked like, because that hey, seems pretty accurate to me, but, you know, I'm not a paleontologist or anything like that. Well, listen, this movie is just, like, there's not enough great things that I could say about this movie, like... I really love this movie. I really, really do. And that, that's, that goes for every movie on this list. But, like, this movie has a special place in my heart. I've seen it so many times. Like, a lot of these movies on this list, I don't even know how many times I've seen. That's how much I love them. Like, a movie like Warrior, probably, eventually, like, maybe 30 or 40 years down the line, may go even higher up my list the more times I see it. Whereas a movie like this, I've seen so many times and I know it by heart. Like, I don't really think, like, at this point, my top five is pretty secure. I don't really see any movies topping Rocky Three at this point, at least for now, as far as my favorite movies go. But we'll see. I mean, maybe something will come out. I know nothing this year will do it, but hey, you never know what could happen. But Jurassic Park is an epic movie. Like, there's there's not enough I can say great about this movie the best scene, of course, is the T-Rex scene where the where the cars go out right in front of the T-Rex and the T-Rex habit. Of course, Dennis Nedry gets basically the whole park shut down because he's trying to transfer or send these uh, the dinosaur embryos to a company. He's trying to make money. Uh, Wayne Knight playing him, of course. Mr. Al from, <laughs> from Al's Toy Barn in Toy Story 2. And Sam Jackson is in this movie playing Ray Arnold, and he does a great job. Hold on to your butts. But, of course, like I said, when the T-Rex attacks the car with Lex and Tim in there, um, of course, John Hammond's grandkids, man, like, the tension in that scene is unbelievable. And then, of course, you got the Velociraptors, Laura Dern, who plays Dr. Ellie Sattler. She comes in, and she's trying to find out how to because first ray arnold goes and tries to activate all the switches he's gone for a while so she goes in and does it and she doesn't and all of a sudden the raptor pops up a huge jump scare got me and like like there's just so much to love how about bob peck playing robert molden and that scene with him hunting the raptor and she just pops her head up to the side. He said, clever girl. And then he's just dead right there. Then and there. Just like that. Gone. And, of course, you have the final scene with the the raptors confronting all of them. And then the T-Rex comes in and saves the day. And, yeah, I know it's super cheesy at the end. It's probably why this movie is for, I guess. But, like, yeah, that that is a question that I've always had is like how the heck did they not know that the T-Rex was coming? How did he just like pop in like that? But regardless, it's an epic scene and then you get the T-Rex roar. And I love the T-Rex roar. I actually have that as like a text tone. Um so like that's one of the tones I could use for my text. I actually don't have it as like my text tone, but it is one of them. It's that it's 
the Pokeball opening sound from the the Pokemon anime and uh, Darth Vader's breath. So those are the three different text tones that I have on my phone. Oh, and uh, the Sonic when you collect a ring in Sonic, the like that little ring sound that as well. So, but again, Jurassic Park is an absolutely fantastic movie. If you've never seen this movie, and I like the sequels as well. A lot of people hate them. I enjoy them. I have fun with them. But obviously, none of them come close to the original. Like, this is a series where, like, a lot of series have movies that are very close to me. Like, most of these series, like Star Wars, Empire, and Revenge of the Sith are very close. Uh, MCU, Infinity War, Endgame, Winter Soldier, Civil War, like, those movies are close. Uh, Indiana Jones, all the original three are close to me. Harry Potter, there are close ones in that, but this is the one franchise that I can think of. Rocky, like I said, Rocky 2 and 3 are very close. This is the one franchise, the Jurassic Park franchise, where there's one movie that's just way better than the rest of them. That's just, that's how I look at it. I know some people look at some franchises where there's one movie and then there's the rest of them, like even the ones that I just mentioned, but for me, the only one I can personally think of is this one where Jurassic Park is amazing and all the other ones are good to me but like they're not great movies at all this one is a fantastic movie like if we're just talking from a cinematic perspective this is a this should have been an Oscar winning film in my opinion but nevertheless coming in at number three is Avengers Infinity War the 2018 superhero movie of course this movie was going to be on the list. It's the only MCU movie on the list. It was my number one movie in the top 10 of the decade. And for good reason. This movie is just fantastic. But it's it's really where the Avengers are technically the villains of the story. Like they're not really villains. But they're the antagonists of the story. Because this story is told from the perspective of Thanos. And that's what I love about this movie. Watching Infinity War and Endgame back to back like multiple times as I have now that they're both out and they've been out for it's been almost a year since Endgame came out which is honestly crazy to think about I'm not even gonna lie the fact that it's almost been a year since Endgame came out but Infinity War is just one of those movies that like I just like there's really not much bad I can say about this movie like it just every character was well done pretty much i mean captain america's story could have been better so i guess there there's my criticism captain america could have been done better but like thor iron man doctor strange spider-man uh the hulk and his little you know bruce banner and you know he's the hulk and then he gets the crap kicked out of him by thanos and that's all we see a hulk in this one just like there's there's really it's it's so hard to put in perspective like how great this movie is and how great of a job they did and i i still think it's a joke that black panther was nominated for best picture and infinity war didn't get a nod not saying that black panther didn't deserve a nomination which i mean really didn't if we're being honest but like i'm i'm cool with that but like infinity war should have been up there too it's a joke that it didn't but it's all good this movie is amazing like there's not much else better they could have done. Thanos is Thanos is the goat villain, you know? You should have gone for the head. And, like, I think the two characters overall, like, over everybody else that really, to me, make this movie what it is, is Thanos and Thor. Thor's story is incredible. 
ties right into Ragnarok. You, you, really, the the way to watch these movies to me, like a great way to watch them, is just do Thor, Ragnarok, Infinity War, Endgame. That's a great three way movie to watch. But either way, this movie is fantastic. I can't recommend it enough if you haven't seen it. Now, you probably want to watch some of the other MCU movies first to get like the full experience of it. But you could just, having seen none of them and still have a good time with this one, no doubt about it, Infinity War is absolutely fantastic. But coming in at number two is Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Now, this was the hardest decision for me. It came down to two movies for number one. And, man, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith just loses out on that number one spot. But don't think that... Like, that's a slight on it. I love this movie. I could watch this movie every day. Like, literally, I could probably watch this movie every day. And it might be one of the only movies I could say that where, yeah, I could honestly see myself watching this start to finish every day. It's that awesome. Like, I just love this movie. The best opening in a Star Wars movie ever. Not even close. Not for debate. Don't don't talk to me. If you think any Star Wars opening is better than this one, you're wrong. Like, most of these things that I'll say is like it's my opinion. To me, that's not an opinion. That's a fact. The best opening scene in a Star Wars movie is that epic space battle at the start. Then you get right into Anakin kills Count Dooku. Palpatine is working on him. Then he, he gets he appoints Anakin to the Jedi Council. They let him in, but they don't let him be a master. And it's like all this stuff. You see the 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 chain reaction that Palpatine really is setting up and the Jedi are just, they're not doing anything to help their cause. They're letting Palpatine just click, 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 have his plan go right into place. Gets the conversation with Anakin, telling him about Darth Plagueis, the wise, who of course is Darth Sidious's master, but he doesn't know that yet. And he tells him about how he could save people from dying. Anakin's got visions of his wife. Padme dying in childbirth, of course, because he finds out she's pregnant at the beginning of the movie. And, of course, it all leads up to Anakin's eventual turn to the dark side uh, when Mace Windu's about to kill Palpatine, chops his hand off. Power unlimited power. (laughs) Like, that is very cheesy. Don't get me wrong, but it's great. Anakin's turning to the dark side and he's man, he's killing younglings uh, like that is a very sad scene like when I didn't mean to laugh but it's very sad when when Palpatine executes order 66 and like you just see all the Jedi just get slain as many problems I've had with the Jedi in the prequels because I just like you look at them and you're like dude you guys messed up so bad you guys had the goat anakin skywalker and you didn't treat him like the goat but like it's not just that they didn't treat him like the goat it's like they told him he was the goat but wouldn't treat him like it it's crazy they called him the chosen one but they didn't treat him like it it's crazy like he was better than most of those guys pretty much all of them he was more advanced than but they still held him back because it's the jedi way but to me like and then you get the final battle and it's the best final battle in, in star wars like not only do you have the best lightsaber duel, just individually Anakin and Obi-Wan, then you've got Yoda and Palpatine dueling in this one. And like there's there's plenty of great duel. Obi-Wan versus General Grievous. Fun duel. Obi-Wan, you know, takes care of him pretty quickly in terms of the lightsaber side. That's because Obi-Wan is just so advanced in his defense. It's like 
it's like 99 overall defense going up against, you know, like like a 95 offense, but he doesn't have any force. Like Grievous, Grievous has like 99 offense, but he has no force power, so he's kind of like screwed when he faces Obi-Wan. Especially Obi-Wan's at the top of his game defensively. That's why him and Anakin are like the perfect yin and yang per se. It's like Tony Allen versus Kobe Bryant, the ultimate offensive weapon versus the ultimate defensive weapon. Not that Kobe couldn't play defense or anything. That's not what I meant, but you know what I mean. It's That's basically what it is, though. Anakin versus Obi-Wan. You don't get much better than that. And then, of course, like I said, Palpatine and Yoda fighting. Like, I I always loved the scene where, you know, Palpatine shocks Yoda, and then they go back to Anakin and Obi-Wan, and then you... It, not if anything to say about it, I have. And then he pushes him over, and then he stops him from leaving. If so powerful you are... Why leave? Like I always get chills when he when he does that and he whips out the lightsaber. Like I I love that scene. I really do. I really love that scene. And I really like the fight between Palpatine and Mace Windu, because Palpatine just quick quick dust those three Jedi, including Kit Fisto. I know people complain about that, but it's like they couldn't really show what really happened. If you read the novel, like what Palpatine did is messed up. Like when Anakin walks into that room. In the book, he sees Kit Fisto's head just, like, sitting there with, like, his little smirk that Kit Fisto always has and his eyes still open. Like, you're not going to show that in a kid's movie, you know, because technically Star Wars is still a kid's movie. And, of course, you show Anakin getting burned alive, so, like, that they couldn't really do much more with that. Apparently, George Lucas said, we're going to push it as far as we can go for the PG-13 and really, Anakin being burned like that, like it's like that alone could have made it close to being an R-rated movie, but of course it didn't. And listen, like you see Darth Vader becoming Darth Vader, sad that Padme dies, but Luke and Leia are born, and they set up everything for a new hope. I love this movie. I love Revenge of the Sith. Like I'm honestly kind of sad that I didn't put it at number one, but while it did take me a long time to figure out which one of these two movies was number one because it was honestly like it turned into it was a four movie race and then it was a three movie race and then it it turned into a battle between two movies this one slightly loses out to number one because coming in at number one is the dark knight kind of an obvious choice it's almost like talking about ncaa tournament it's like chalk this is a movie that most people will say is their favorite movie of all time, The Dark Knight. And that's why, like, a big part of me wanted to put Revenge of the Sith number one just to be different. But, like, when I thought about it, the more and more I thought about it, and I watched them both together, and I said, yeah, The Dark Knight's my favorite movie of all time. No question. That movie is just, like, like that is cinematic perfection. Because not only do you have great performances all around by Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Gary Oldman, Aaron Eckhart... Maggie Gyllenhaal and Morgan Freeman like all those guys kill it in their parts every single one of those guys kills it but the thing is this, what this movie has that no other movie has is they have the single greatest acting performance in the history of cinema in my opinion and that would be Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker now I know everybody talks about Heath Ledger Joker and I've been one of the people who've kind of like pushed back on Heath Ledger Joker as the best Joker because I don't think he's the best Joker. And what I mean by that is, of course, he's the best live-action Joker. Well, Joaquin Phoenix now has something to say about that. Now it's an actual competition. Then, of course, you got Jack Nicholson. 
And then, of course, you know, people from, you know, the, the 60s, 70s, they're going to uh, be like, well, what about Cesar Romero? He was funny. Don't get me wrong. He was hilarious, especially the fact that he wouldn't shave his mustache. They just painted over it. That's hilarious. But obviously, the Joker is the best cinematic version of the Joker. And by cinematic, I mean live action because the best Joker is, of course, Mark Hamill, the voice of the Joker. Like when I read the comic books, I hear Mark Hamill's voice as the Joker, just like I hear Kevin Conroy for Batman. Like, that's Batman and the Joker. But if we're talking about live-action films, nobody touches Heath Ledger's Joker. Like, that's just, to me, like, as great as Joaquin was, not a better Joker than Heath Ledger. Sorry. And the thing about Joaquin's is he wasn't even Joker for most of the movie. So, like, it's kind of not a fair comparison. Like, the Joker, he needs a sequel to prove it. Heath just needed one movie to stamp his name. And, boy, did he ever stamp it clearly with a I'm the GOAT because that's that's a GOAT performance right there. Like, this movie just has it all. From the opening scene of, you see all the people robbing the bank. All these people, not only all these people uh, coming together to do this job, but one by one, they're killing each other. Like, one person does this thing. Is it good? Bang! Kills him. Then another person, they open up the safe. The other guy kills him. Like, everybody's just killing everybody until it comes down to two people. He said, I bet the Joker told you to kill me. He said, no, 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 no. I killed the bus driver. And then that big school bus comes in and kills that guy. And then, of course, they, you think you're smart, huh? What do you believe? What do you believe in? And he said, I believe whatever doesn't kill you simply makes you. And he takes off the mask. Stranger. <clears throat> like... That scene just, it gives me chills. Every When he pulls off the mask and you see his face, that gave me chills. Listen, back in the day, I went to I Am Legend in the theaters just because they said they were going to show a preview of The Dark Knight. Like, not a trailer, like an actual scene from the movie. And it was that scene. And I remember seeing that like, oh my god, this is about to be the greatest movie ever. And it pretty much was the greatest movie ever. Like, this movie, it just gets you in. It gets you on so many emotional levels. You know, of course, when Harvey Dent gets burned to crisp, says Two-Face. Like, that's just such a sad scene. And, of course, Rachel dies. And, like, I just, I remember feeling so bad for my man, Bruce Wayne, Batman. Like, he was just so depressed at the at that point. Like, I mean, there's just so many good scenes. Like, especially, but, of course, every scene that Heath Ledger's in, he absolutely steals it. And, like, there are awesome scenes in here. Like, when they go to China... And Batman goes and captures Lao, the corrupt accountant who took their funds for safekeeping. And then he just fled to Hong Kong to, you know, because the people of Hong Kong are going to protect him because he's one of their own. The Joker warned him that Batman doesn't have any jurisdictions. He's going to come and make him squeal. And that's exactly what he did. He goes and finds him and he they have this epic scene where he's at the top of the building. He does a little skydive and... Like that, God, I just, man, I love that scene. I love the scene where the Joker is at Bruce Wayne's party for Harvey Dent. And he, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And then, you know, a little fight in you. I like that. And then Batman, then you're going to love me. Like, <laughs> Batman's voice is ridiculous in this one. Though I will say, like, that's a criticism where, like, yeah, he really took it over the top in this one. But I still think it's better than the batman begins voice that he had but just a crazy voice that he used for that it's pretty funny like it's easy to make fun of that but i mean listen like 
he blows up a hospital like how awesome is that scene and then like like the perfect reaction of and i guess that was like unscripted where he like stops and he and then like it goes off i guess that like actually happened like it took a while for it to actually go off and that was his that was like a low-key actual reaction that happened right there and so like that was something that was really cool to see and to hear about and that's one thing i love about movies is like hearing like what moments in these films are actually unscripted and like something actually happened and now you're seeing what happened on screen that's pretty cool to me and this movie is just it's the greatest movie of all time pretty much like it's it's hard to really say like oh what's the greatest movie of all time yeah for me my favorite movie of all time in my opinion is also the greatest movie of all time and that's the dark knight so the dark knight comes in at number one let me tell you if you if you haven't seen the dark knight i don't know what you've been doing but go ahead and watch The Dark Knight. I mean, watch Batman Begins first, you know, so you get the you, you learn about Bruce Wayne and you know this Batman story and everything. But let me tell you, like watching Batman Begins will make it even better. But even if you don't, like The Dark Knight is amazing. It's an amazing movie. It comes in at number one on my top twenty movies of all time. And unfortunately, that is all the time we're gonna have for you today. Thanks for joining us uh, from our little prolonged absence that we had this is a crazy time in world history so you know stay indoors you know exercise play games watch tv do what you gotta do um just don't be an idiot don't go out to florida they still haven't closed their beaches i know people got their spring break and everybody by the way everybody wants to blame millennials it's not us it's not us millennials it's the gen z's who are doing it it's the younger people like millennials we're all out of college now so it's not our fault that these people are going out there like that one kid if i get corona i get corona don't be that guy like be smart be safe you know if you got to go out to work you know you got to work i understand that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about the people who are going out and trying to party like you can party by yourself inside with your family like let's just let's be calm let's watch some movies hey watch a couple of the movies that i had on this list i gave you 20 movies uh to go ahead and check out But again, that is all the time we're going to have for you. I've got a lot of content coming up. Like I said, this is a very, very weird time. So obviously I was going to do a college basketball podcast right before the tournament. The tournament not happening, like all this stuff not happening really threw me off as well in my episode. So I'll do an NCAA episode. I'm going to give you, I'm not sure how many it's going to be yet. I'm either going top 10 or top 20 games in the history of the ncaa tournament probably will be top 20 i'm still figuring out the list i've got like eight games down so i think i'm gonna end up doing 20 games and then of course i'm still working on that top 50 projects of the decade that got put on hold a little bit because i'm trying to get other stuff done uh, for the website and for change the game uh, i got a bunch of videos like i said coming up on the website Again, www.seethegame.com. See the game, change the game. We're changing the game here. And again, thank you for joining us and join us next time. We're going to have another episode in about three days. So check it out. Thanks for tuning in.